Hello, everybody. So just to do that little bit again, I'm Claire Riley, and I'm joined by the gorgeous Tash Corbin here today on the Recovering Perfectionist live recording for the mini-series of um, The Isolation Opportunity. And you are officially, as it stands right now, the second last person that I'm chatting with as part of this mini-series. Um, and I'm super excited because it's been a really beautiful opportunity to talk to all these different people about how we can use this opportunity, which is obviously coming to a bit of an end for most of us, especially in Australia, um, as an opportunity to connect with different things or to change some stuff or improve some stuff. And then the opportunity of taking that beyond, you know, when all of these restrictions and things are lifted. So welcome. Thanks for coming to hang out as always. Um, So we're talking today with you about the opportunity to either start up a business or change something in your business or improve something in your business and all of that sort of thing. But before we get started, do you want to give us your spiel in case there's Mm. someone out there who's not heard of you, which I strongly doubt is, we all know the lovely Tash, but tell us about you anyway. <laughs> I'm no Oprah. Come on. <laughs> Practically. Uh, hi, everyone. So <laughs> I am a business mentor. I teach women how to grow their businesses and make sales in really heart-centered, connected ways without using trickery or weird fear-based marketing. I am the creator of the Heart Center Business Conference and we've had to go online, thanks coronavirus, for this year, um, but we will be in in-person conference again in March next year as well. So double conference, that's all right. Yep. And uh, I also run the Heart Centered Soul Driven Entrepreneurs Facebook group and that's now 33,000 women, I think, something Bongers. like that. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. pretty amazing. I love it. Pretty great, awesome space to hang out in. Yeah. And luckily, Tash and I have been um, friends since 2011-ish, I reckon, when we worked together in corporate pre-kids and pre-business and pre-all yep. these things. So um, I owned more suits than cardigans, which is now no longer the case. Way back then. <laughs> way back then. I know I thought to someone today, I was like, because um, my Thursday and my both of my kids have gone back to school for today and tomorrow and because I had to do work and all of that sort of thing and I thought gosh if anyone sees me they're gonna be like she's so not working today because I don't work in work clothes it's unbelievable (laughs) and I'm really bloody proud of that (laughs) yep it's so nice so tell us in a nutshell like you've you've seen a lot of this and you work a lot with um with startups as well as established businesses and that sort of thing what do you think's kind of been um, the biggest opportunity that people have been able to take advantage of in the last couple of months since there's been all the, these changes going on? Yeah, I think the big opportunity that I've been supporting people with and I think that I get really passionate about is the opportunity to get crystal clear on who you serve, what you want to say to them and how you serve them. Mm. And I have facilitated two boot camps, one in April and one in May, on helping people craft an offer that's still going to sell in this kind of economic climate. Mm. And I think most of the people who've been through that boot camp with me, over 200 ladies now, have said, I need to use this approach all of the time, not just during lockdown, but I realize I've just been trying to tell people, it would be so nice if you could work with me rather than actually getting to the heart of what it is that you do and how you serve people. And in particular, people really struggling with the niching part, like who are you Mm. speaking to when you are marketing your products and services. And that's been such a great opportunity to just review and refresh because if if you're making a few sales here and there during non 
unsteady times, then you can kind of convince yourself that, oh, I just need a bit more reach. I just need to be a bit more consistent. I just needed this. I just needed that. But when coronavirus happened and people got a little tighter with their spending, all those people who hadn't quite nailed their niching and their messaging saw their sales completely drop off. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's not the only reason why it happened, but I think it was a great opportunity to really reflect on, was I really speaking with clear, concise messaging or was it just that people hung around with me long enough that they eventually decided, you know what, I'm going to give this lady yeah, a go, yep. which I think is, you know, that, that's something that if we want to scale to larger audiences and have it still convert, we need to really practice those skills and get good at that. So I think that's been a really good opportunity to really review and practice speaking to tangible, short-term, urgent priorities rather than wouldn't this be nice? Yeah, so true. And there's been so many people who are in um, Batch It Crazy, my program, and also VIPs who have been like, I've just done boot camp and it's been so good because now I know my blah, blah, blah. And so I've heard that. Like it's definitely, definitely mm. out and about there and, and, you know, being able to pinpoint that sort of thing. And I think probably further to that, there's also been an opportunity like we all potentially have less time on our hands because we've mm. got kids at home who need homeschooling and we've got all of these other things kind of going on. In some ways we've got more time, some ways we've got less time, but yeah. it makes you get really specific on like, you, if you don't know your niche, then you really don't know who you're talking to. And you're literally just throwing spaghetti all around the kitchen, not even just at the wall. Yeah. Uh, and you don't really like, there's no kind of purpose or end thing. Right. So you, yeah. you've got to be even more clear and more um, um, st strategic and specific with who you're talking to in whatever, because you've also yeah. got less time in which to do it, right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? So in non-coronavirus times, you might have been a lot more present in the moment with your audience and you might have, you know, been able to, to uh, circumvent some of the issues that you were facing because your niche and messaging weren't clear mm -hmm. by just being more present and being around more and connecting with people individually more and doing more networking and having other people refer you. And you kind of like creating this giant ecosystem of content that doesn't necessarily all line up, but it's enough to get a few people across the line. Mm. Whereas in this kind of environment, you can't do as many Facebook lives if you've got kids running around and whatever. And when you do sit down to, to start them, you think, now, where was I at? What yeah. am I talking about today? <laughs> you know, so those sorts of things do impact on us. Yeah. And so the slightest reduction in your online presence has a, an exponential impact on your results and your sales and your business because your business needed all of that extra energy and effort in order to counteract the fact that you weren't being clear enough. Yeah. Oh, smack down. Mic drop. <laughs> All right. So for people who are already in that space mm -hmm. um, and they're already starting, a bit, they're already in a business and that sort of thing. I know one of the other things that you've been talking a lot about is a pivot and that sort of thing and working out if there's a change. And there's been, I've had this conversation with a few biz besties in the last week that there are a lot of pop-ups of, of pivoting and some of them do seem like they're a bit fear-based and some of them do seem like, oh, what the hell? I've got this great opportunity. So I'm actually going mm. to run with this new idea that's been in the back yep. of my head or or that sort of thing. What are the risks and like how does pivoting work ideally if that's the sort of space that someone was yeah. kind of heading towards and this has been an opportunity for that to happen? Yeah. So the first question is what is it that you need to pivot? And the, 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 the fear-based pivots that I have seen have come from people who when they look at their audience, 
all they see is lack. The people I'm hearing from don't have any money. They don't want to buy from me. They're not prioritizing this right now. And so therefore I'm going to have to change everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas for most people, that's actually not the whole truth. Yes, the people who are impacted the most are probably the most vocal. The people who are like, oh, I've been waiting to do this, but I can't afford it now because Corona are going to tell you that, right? They've got a ready-made reason to tell you why they're not going to work with you now. But actually, in your, in your audience, in your niche, there is a section of people who want your outcome even more. Mm, they yeah. have more time or more money. You know, there are a lot of people who, because they're not spending money on fuel, like fuel prices have dropped way down. You're not driving everywhere. I'm even before coronavirus, we were spending $200 a week on fuel here in New Zealand because wow. we have a giant van and the fuel prices were like $2.50 a litre. So oh like we were saving 200, 200 bucks a week on just on fuel. Even if I wasn't making more money, there's more money. Yeah. And so there is a portion of your niche who have the time or the money or the urgency for them to actually prioritize this right now, but you're not listening to them or looking at them. Mm. You're listening to and looking at the people who are saying, ah, can't do it right now. And if you pivot your focus and only look at those people who aren't able to work with you and need something else and whatever, you might be drawn into that belief system of, well, I'm just going to have to grow my list right now because I'm not going to get any conversions. Or I have to create something low priced right now because my audience doesn't have the money. Mm. But if someone's not going to buy something from you at $500 pre-corona, then everything gets wiped out and they're like, I've got no money. They're not going to buy something at 50 bucks. Right. Right. Because it's not about the price. It's about the, where it falls on their priority scale. Yeah. And so that's a really big mistake that I've seen people making. And where you say, like you see people pivoting out of fear, a lot of that is where instead of focusing on the people who are still prioritizing this and are investing in this, they focus on the people who aren't anymore. And that audience, yes, it is good to nurture them and keep them around and, you know, until things get better. But that is not where, your consistency of income is going to come from in the next 100 to 200 days. Yeah. The next 100 to 200 days is in here. Yeah, yeah. And so for those, for those people, I would say you pivot your niche and mm. you don't actually change it. You just get really specific. Yeah. What yeah. makes someone likely to still prioritize this, likely to want to invest their time and money in this outcome, even with everything else going on? Mm. So I know for myself, like, the people who've bought my boot camp, the people who have invested in working with me in the last 60 to 70 days are the people who they have seen this as, okay, I've got a bit of time now. I really need to make this business work. This is going to be the time where I springboard this thing. Mm. I've got, I don't have the commute. I'm going to put that two hours a day into growing my business. So I don't have to go back to my day job when all of this is over. Right. It's those people So if I'm still like talking to those people, like, should I run a business or shouldn't I? And they're still like, and they're like, oh no, coronavirus, I can't start now. Everything's crazy. If I use any of that kind of languaging, all I'm doing is speaking to the people who aren't buying rather than people who are. Yeah. So the first thing I say is if you're going to pivot, the first thing I would pivot is go right back to the bottom of your foundations, which is your niche and look at who in your hottest audiences, people who already know, like, and trust you, who in there is still prioritizing this still investing, has time and money. Maybe it's not a lot of time, but they're willing to put the money in. 
or yeah. maybe it's not a lot of money, but they're willing to put the time in. Yeah. So I have had two offers that have gone crazy in this, in this current situation. People who want to invest money to save time are buying my VIP. Okay, Tash, I need a shortcut to get to the outcome now. I've got six weeks to make this work. Yeah. I want to work with you one-on-one, get the outcome. And then people who have the time to invest who, who may not have as much money, they've bought boot camp. Okay, yep. Tash, I'm going to give you two weeks of my life yep. and I'm going to do all of these things. I don't have a lot to invest in this, but I'm going to do the work. Yep. And we've done that in a group situation. Mm. So that was the, that pivot. Now, that being said, there are businesses where your hot audience does all go, no, not a priority right now. So I've seen this for people who are in health practitioner space mm. or energetic work, that kind of thing. They hadn't yet got to the point in their business with their messaging where they'd really nailed it and really got people saying, yes, this needs to be my yeah. number one priority. Yeah. And for those people, it may be appropriate to say to that niche, okay, going to nurture you for a little while and I've got other skills I can fall back on yeah. and I'm just going to go and serve people with those yeah. skills, something that's more tangible and now yeah. urgent. Yeah. Um, so I've seen people with graphic design and techie type skills yeah. and um, uh, like writing skills and all those sorts of things. Um, I've even brought on someone behind the scenes in my business, like totally out of her normal business, mm. just did this random thing. And I was like, yeah, that's what I need. I want some of that now. Sure. <laughs> I'd rather pay you than a stranger. Yeah. So let's yeah. go, right? And so it doesn't mean that I think her other business isn't going or it's not a thing or whatever. I'm not in her niche for her other business, yeah. but I just know her. So why wouldn't I want to work with her? She's got this thing that solves my immediate need. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, we feel like maybe it's a bit like dirty or wrong or a failure to not be in our soul aligned, mm -hmm. purpose driven, forever business all of the time. Mm. And like, if you think about your hierarchy of needs, stability of finances is really freaking Pretty important. Up there. <laughs> and like, I love stories of people who made their millions doing something that was of service, but not their soul's work. Yep. And they made really good money out of that so that then they had the budget and the time and the freedom to go and do the soul work. Yeah, sure. And it doesn't yep. put the pressure on that soul work to be your breadwinner yep. straight away. Right. So I think it's like, if, if you want to make a pivot into something that's more tangible and practical and people are just going to say, yeah, shut up and take my money. That's what I want. Solve it. Yep. And you've got the skills to do that. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at all. And please don't let anyone ever judge you or make you feel less than for doing that. Cause yeah. like, seriously, just go for it. Like mama yep. got to make money. Like yep. do your thing. <laughs> so yeah. with that, cause I think there's a lot of conversation going on around that. So I just want to go in a little bit deeper in with that mm. as well. What what would be your advice over the next, say, couple hundred days when this is potentially things will start to go back to normal? Is yep. there a like a conflict of interest sort of thing with the messaging and then people are like, oh, I thought she was doing that now and now she's doing this. Like how do you, yep. with your messaging, if, if, if someone is in yep. that sort of position, what's the best way to go about that now as well as then transitioning back to the business mm. as usual if that's what people want to do? Yeah. So as I said, when I talked about, if you're going to have to put them on hold for a while and do a new thing, keep nurturing yeah, them. Yeah, sure. So yep. keep nurturing them, keep showing up and talking in that space and, and your, you know, your regular business, keep creating content. Even if you just schedule up a hundred posts for the next hundred days to keep that ticking over and you do one Facebook live a week 
on that page and look after that message and look after that niching. Mm. Um, the other thing you can do is when you do jump into some of those other type of offers, you can call it a side hustle. Yeah, sure. You can call it a short term, you know, in, for the, because of what's going on, I'm going to help. I've seen this need. I'm going to meet that need. So you don't have to build a whole brand around it. You don't have to right. build a whole business around it. You can just be offering those services mm. and offering them in a really connected way. I've received, I reckon I've received 12 or 15 private messages from people saying, look, my parenting business isn't, business isn't really taking off right now. And I know, I've realized that I've got a lot of work to do on my messaging and those sorts of things. But in the meantime, I'm offering copywriting and copy editing. Do yeah. you have any work for me or anyone you can send me through to? Yeah. And so I don't think that they're giving up on that business. And, and the way that they're communicating is that it is that, you know, that is going to be a thing that they're going to do. But right mm. now, this is what they're doing. Yeah. So you can be really mindful of that in your messaging. Yeah. And um, if, you, if you find yourself feeling like now you're known as, let's say you do like copy editing, right? Now you're known as the copy editing person and you wanted to do the parenting thing. It's simply a matter of the same type of thing. Sure. Be clear on your messaging yeah. Yeah. to say, I'm wrapping up my side hustle and copy editing now that things are settling down mm. and focusing back on my main event, which was my parenting business. Mm. So da, 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 right. So yeah. it's, and you just need to remember that not everyone sees every post. So you'll have to talk about it that way several times yeah. as you pivot back. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's anything wrong with it. I actually face the same challenge when I pivot from promoting Tash Corbin stuff to promoting conference stuff. Because that is a slightly different message and a slightly different niche. And sometimes if I'm talking, you know, a lot about conference and then I go back to talking about my services, it can be one of those things where I have to be really mindful of making sure everyone's across the fact that I don't just do conference now, I'm still doing my programs or I haven't given up on conference when I'm focusing on launching takeoff. Yeah. It's all still ticking over there as well. So Mm. yeah, that's, that's something to be mindful of just be upfront about it yeah people want to buy from you because you're a human being not because you're a picture perfect robot who gets it right perfectly the first time exactly exactly and i think i think even even like beyond that i think it's such an awesome opportunity to have the courage to try things out like that and to do the messaging Mm. and to be hand on hand like actually i'm really good at this thing too so i'm going to use that to get a bit of cash and the opportunity there might also be like actually i kind of like this better or this Mm. Better now, or I'm going to actually focus on this for a bit longer. Or I'm going to integrate more of that into the other business, or however yeah. that kind of works. Like that's a really nice permission sort of thing as well, right? To just go, yeah. well, like whatever. And sometimes there's like um, this heaviness or this stuckness with either a service or your entire business or whatever. And having the the um, fresh air of something completely different can actually be like kind of get those creative juices going, whether you then stick with that or go in a completely yeah. third direction or whatever as well, right? So that's mm, kind of absolutely a nice opportunity too. Yeah, it's also a chance to challenge some of those beliefs about what types of business are easy versus hard. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people who um, don't sell things that are necessarily related to business success say like, oh, it's easier to sell things when you're helping people grow their business because the ROI is money. And then the people who are doing business stuff say, well, it's easier to sell the services that aren't business related because there's less competition and, you know, you're helping people with something that's way more tangible, like their health or whatever it might be. So, you know, sometimes it's also a great lesson in the grass ain't always greener on the other side and every business and every industry and every type of service has its own strengths and weaknesses and pros Mm. and cons. So, Yeah. yeah. And I think also a lot of people, 
are finding ways to integrate things. So you, you know, in, in our corporate jobs, sometimes we get compartmentalized. You're the yeah. finance yeah. officer, you're the marketing officer, you're the this. And so when you then start a business, you think you have to label yourself as this one thing. And, um, you know, are you a business strategist or are you a mindset practitioner? Well, you can actually bring <laughs> both of those things to the table yeah. if you've got those things. And like, I know some people who've like, they've been working in the mindset and energy space and then they're now providing services in like VA and team stuff behind the scenes and they can actually bring those two things together. Yeah. Be like, not only am I on your team and doing things for you and keeping you organized, but I'm also keeping you really Zen and helping you stay positive and focused on yeah. your goals. Like yeah. that's a pretty magical unicorn. It so is. It where is. those things come together, don't automatically assume that they have to be separated back out again. Like they yeah. could come together and be part of your service. Yeah. One might be more at the forefront than the other, but that doesn't mean you don't bring them both to the table. I was just going to say exactly the same thing. We get so, um, hooked onto and I when I first started I agonized over this for probably the first year like but what do I call myself and I really needed a title <laughs> and now I kind of like every time I introduce myself and every time I run a webinar or whatever I have a different title because it doesn't yep. freaking matter and most of the time now I'm just saying I'm a professional Virgo I'm good at organizing shit and that's pretty much where I leave it like I don't need to go into all the details because there are so many facets and like you said people buy from me because they like my style and they see the different parts, you know, that make up what I can offer. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a business coach or a business strategist or a mentor or a mindset this or a creative that or a bloody whatever. Like doesn't People really matter. People will assume what it means to them. And <laughs> I think the other thing is, is that when someone asks you, you know, they don't say, what is your job title? They yeah. say, what do you do? Yeah. And then we answer with a title. Yeah. Instead of answering with a title, actually answer the actual what question people are asking. Right. Like, what yeah. do you do? Yeah. So you know, I say, when you ask me, you know, what do you, what do you do? I, I help women to sell without the trickery and the fear-based marketing. Yeah. And I, I will introduce, I do the same. I introduce myself in so many different ways. And it's a really common question in the takeoff program. What do I call myself? And the, my first question back is, well, what do I call myself? What's my job description? What's my job title? Because no one can tell me. And if I ask a hundred people, I get a hundred different answers because, yeah. and that's actually a really good thing because they're telling me what I do in relation to them, right? what it means to them. You want everyone who hears it to be able to decide how does this relate to me? Yeah. You don't want them to just know who you are and how you've labeled yourself and so that they can remember that they're giving mm. you the right title. You want people to remember how you might be able to serve them as an yep. individual. Yep. So that is why I don't like people trying to label themselves as something because you're actually closing yourself off. If I say I'm a business mentor, like if I said that to a hundred women in business, I said, I'm a marketing mentor. 50% of them would go, oh, I don't like marketing, yep. right? They need me. I help women to grow the business and make sales without the fear-based stra stra yep. strategies. But if I just say I'm a marketing mentor, they're like, eh, marketing, eh, <laughs> right? So I've instantly turned 50% of people off yep. by using a name that makes sense to them but is in a space where that's, that's, they don't want to market. They just want to serve. They want to mm. have customers. And so that's why I think it is so powerful to let go of some of those labels. Mm. Mm. 
So true. And it's, it's so interesting um, when people contact, uh, people have sometimes tagged me and they've been like, oh, something that Claire said. And I was like, did I? Christ, I can't even remember <laughs> saying that. Like, it definitely sounds like something I would say, but it's obviously stuck with someone that three years later, they have said something on Facebook and someone else has said, oh, I love that. And she's like, yeah, Claire said it. And I'm like, oh, Oh, cool. Like that's real. Well, I was so smart back then. <laughs> like high five consistency. I still believe the same thing. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I mean, it is really nice just to have that, um, that space to not have to worry about having a specific title and what goes on the top part of your frigging website and all of that sort of thing. But actually it is that consolidation of all of your things and 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 that's a dynamic thing as well, right? Like what you mm. are today might be very different in a month and a year. Yep that sort of thing. And that's okay. You don't have to, you know, put it on LinkedIn and then that's what you are forever. And hand on heart, I would have to go and look at my website to tell you what my website says. <laughs> <laughs> we have people who do that. <laughs> have people who do that. But also I wrote, I've, I've written it in a way that was, you know, quite meaningful and I feel like was connected at the time. But as you said, like every time I say it, I say it slightly differently. Mm. So if I say it to you now, if I say to you now, I think it says, you know, business strategy for hearts and soul driven entrepreneurs or something along those lines, I might go there and it's slightly worded slightly different, but it has the same core meaning. And that's the thing is that so many people are looking for, even when you're trying to come up with a tagline or an offer or a promo post or whatever it is, everyone thinks that there's this random magical sequence of sparkly words that when you crack it, you'll automatically just make dozens of sales. (laughs) And the more sparkly that statement is, the less connecting it is. And people think they need like a catchphrase or a tagline or something that perfectly wraps them up. But you're trying to say so much in that one One sentence sentence, that it ends up just being so hard to understand and connect with. And, And so many people get it down to like these four magical words, but like what is defined the divine feminine marketing practices. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you've created a meaning around what that means to you, but that's where you're missing that one thing that your reader wants or your listener wants. What does that mean for me? Mm, yeah. You're so focused on yourself yeah. and your ego's need to have a sparkly tagline or a sparkly catchphrase or something along those lines that you're actually stopping connecting with your ideal clients and your audience Mm. because you're all caught up in you needing to be perfect and sparkly and polished. And all they want to know is how can you help me? Mm. Yeah. That's what they want to know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I definitely noticed when I changed from saying whatever I used to say to um, I work with social media marketing, for example, in whatever context it is. And they were like, Oh, you get so many people who just go, Oh my God, I need you. Yeah. Straight up. Just from saying <laughs> I do social media content. They're like, oh yeah. my gosh, that's what I need. Just from like three <sighs> words instead yeah. of saying, I'm a yeah. business and a marketing coach and consultant here, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 which sounds like everyone else and they're still going, okay, cool. And then they turn yeah. around and go make another cup of coffee. And that's why everyone loved you. You did your presentation for Pitch Fest and it was like make a month's worth of social media content in 10 minutes, right? Yeah. That is so much more powerful and connecting and easy to understand than deeply connected, high conversion marketing strategies for soulful women, right? But our ego wants the second, but actually our audience needs the first. Yes. A month of marketing, 10 minutes. Keep it simple. It doesn't have to be scripted. It really doesn't have to be bloody scripted. And I can remember the name of that presentation off the top of my head because it was so like, (gasps) 
can you? Right? Like it was like, <laughs> oh. And so I've, I, I don't know if that's the exact title, create a month of social media content in 10 minutes, something yeah, around something those like that. Yeah. But it stuck with me. Whereas if you had named that presentation, you know, soulful, batched up, heart-centered, da-da-da-da-da, I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what the presentation was about and I wouldn't have been able to remember the title. So it is such a great lesson in yes. really getting tangible with people. Awesome. So mm. if we go back to the beginning bit where we were talking about, just to wrap it up, with the... Speaking of Sydney, pivots, we've pivoted this conversation. We have, which is fine. We always do that. I'm like, uh, we'll start here and we'll just see where it ends up. It's all going to be relevant. Super helpful. I'm I trust sure. you to bring us back, Claire. Bring us back. Bring us back. All right. Bringing us back to the beginning. So with a pivot, if there are people who are not pivot with the super niching and just going, mm -hmm. shit, it's not working, but it's a really good opportunity. Yep. Where do they start and where, like, what's the first couple of steps to take to go, right, I need to sort this shit out and I've got the time yep. and the energy to do it right now. Where do we, what yep. do we do? So number one is you have to disconnect from your belief that your niche is who you serve because so many people get mi mixed up with that. Your niche is the group of people you focus on when you market. It is not everyone you could possibly help with your modality. Yep. It is not a modality. It is not what you help people with. It is who you focus on when you market. Yep. So because of that, there are certain decisions you need to make because your marketing will be impacted by those decisions. The first is gender. Do you want to market to women or market to men? And the reason why that is important is that the way you sell to and connect with women is really different to the way that you sell to and connect with men. And if you try to market to both at once, you will resonate with neither. Mm -hmm. So you need to make that decision. That's a really important one. Another important decision is do they work for themselves? Do they work for someone else? Or are they not working? Maternity leave unemployed, whatever it might be. So you need to make those decisions because where you reach those people, how you reach those people, mm. your messaging, the day-to-day -day situation that, that you are actually influencing is going to be very different for those people. Yeah. 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 So that's a second decision. So I have five core decisions you need to make. Gender, job status, the most important trait. Now I put the most important trait in there because I want your business to be joyful. I want you to surround yourself with people that you actually like hanging out with. Hmm. So if you are like, I'm a raging extrovert, but I really love hanging out with my introvert friends. <laughs> and so, um, and I am like this really like crazy giver and, you know, just, I have very, very open heart and all those sorts of things. And I love hanging out with other people who are like that. Yeah. Like I don't particularly love especially in this climate, people who are like, oh, herd immunity. I won't get sick, so you can all suffer. You know, I don't really like hanging out with people like that. I don't necessarily want to have those kinds of people hanging out in my business. Yeah. So, so think of like what is the most important personality trait? Mm. But if all of your audience had this personality trait, you'd be like, I like hanging out with my people. <laughs> You know, so for me, that's the givers, like the yeah, givers right. and the heart-centered women of the world. It's no surprise that my Facebook group is called Heart-Centered Soul Driven Entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, it wasn't, a, I didn't know that at the time, but that, that's definitely where it came from. Yeah. Um, and so the third one is trait. And think of something not like, oh, she's worried about her kids, right? Because that's not a personality trait. That's just, that's fleeting. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So something like that's actually a personality trait. And then the, the fourth one is what is their urgent priority challenge that a goal that you help them to achieve mm -hmm. so for your audience it is um creating social media content quickly and easily 
don't want to have to like spend three hours a day on socials. No, thank you. Right. So that is the, that is the goal that they want to achieve. And then the final question is, but why can't they? Mm -hmm. So like what is getting in their way right now? And again, it would be great if that was the thing that you help them get rid of. So if you help women to um, turn their office into a money magnet machine with feng shui, right? So you can say like um, maybe their goal is they want to be energetically supported to make money in their home, but every time they go and try and look up feng shui things, it's just confusing and they have to buy all these things and they're not 100% sure they totally get it. Right. So, so look at, um, what is their goal and then why can't they, why haven't they, why do they need you? Mm. So they're the five questions. If you're really wanting to get serious about niching, get really tangible on those gender, job status, trait, goal, challenge. Yeah. I love it. And it's a good way to, to think about that. Like someone who you have already served in that way and kind of model it off that person potentially. Yes, but it depends where they came from. Because yeah. if they came to you because their friend recommended you to them, okay. then they you haven't actually magnetized that person yeah, sure. into really yeah. strong marketing. Yeah. So a lot of the time, the people you've already worked with, they came to you because they were or they were the choir. Like you didn't yeah. have to convince them; they yeah. were already looking for someone. Yeah. And so if you are if you are basing your niche on reactive. Uh, people that you've just re, um, uh, passively had come to you, mm-hmm. then it can be tricky to then go out and find more of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because those people might be a little bit unicorns and then you're going out and trying to find more of them. So mm. I would instead, rather than looking at any specific person that you know or you've already worked with, you are the CEO, you're the boss, you get to decide. Like yeah. who do you want to work with? Yeah. So kind of like block all of that out of your brain and just think about like of all the people that you know, um, of all of the challenge that you see happening in the world and all those sort of things, like who would be your ideal client? And then re-look at that through the lens of, do I know anyone who fits this? Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know anyone who fits it, do they exist? You've got to go out and look for evidence and find <laughs> where they are. Okay. If you do know people who look like that, then go and talk to them mm-hmm. and ask them, you know, what is your challenge with this? Why are you struggling with that? Um, this is the kind of services that I'm offering. And like I did that when I first started my business and I had people saying to me, really, could you do it for me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. yes. How much? <laughs> I was like, oh idea. my God. <laughs> Business, actually, you know, this could be easy because I got really specific about what I was doing and who I was doing it for. Then the rest of it came so much easier because I started on a really solid foundation. Yeah, it does definitely help to start with something small, like something to to focus on and one solution or one problem that you can solve and that sort of thing. And obviously, like I always talk about the sandwich board and the smorgasbord. So if you get really clear on your sandwich board, when they come in and they've had the sandwich, that was on the sandwich board, then they can say, yeah, I'll also have the soup. And because you're like in your interactions, they also get, you know, all the other mm. flavors yeah. and all the other parts of you that make up your unique set of experience and knowledge and yeah. gifts and all of that sort of thing. And that's when it becomes easy to just do all the other bits and pieces if need be, yeah. rather than be like, here's the buffet, there's 50 things to choose from and that sort of thing. It makes it really difficult for people to actually understand, uh, like, can yeah. you really be that good at that many things? And Most it kind of, of it, feels you know. like that. You know, it's, it's that I always call it the Gordon Ramsay principle, right? When he goes in to fix a kitchen, fix a <laughs> restaurant, if they have more than 12 things on the menu, he instantly knows they're going to be crap. That's the first thing. Because yep. you've got to have frozen foods. You're not going to be good at everything. Yep. 
And so, and, and I, the example I use is um, uh, like a, if let's say you're a healer and you can heal everything for everyone. And then you're a healer who specializes in working with elite athletes who are in pain, mm-hmm. right? If you are an elite athlete in pain, who do you go to? Yeah. You go to the person who is specifically for you. Yeah. You don't go, even though the general person could support you, you don't think they're going to be for you. Yeah. And so then if, even though you say, I can help anyone with any pain, 99% of people who are experiencing pain won't work with you mm. because there is someone else who is a specialist in what's going on for right. them, yeah. either their specific situation or their specific type of pain or their preferred modality or whatever it might be. Yeah. So in trying to keep open to everyone, you end up resonating with no one. No one, yeah. And then if you think about that like specialist who works with elite athletes in pain, you would pay them 10 times as much as you'd pay someone who just heals anyone with any pain. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with restaurants. If you see a restaurant that has 100 things on the menu, it's going to be cheap. Yeah. If you see a restaurant that has four things on the menu, it's going to be costly. <laughs> they generally don't put the price on there. It's right. that expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's the difference that niching can create for your business. Mm. You instantly become a specialist. Yeah. You instantly are able to charge premium prices as long as you're delivering the outcomes for those people. And it, it makes a huge difference to making your marketing easier. Yeah. And then when you go to a barbecue and you say, oh, I'm a, a healer, I work with elite athletes, they go, oh, my brother is an AFL player. I should right. look up to you, right? Yeah. Or if you say, I heal pain for everyone, everyone, they're like, oh, okay, great. That sounds nice. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because everyone knows everyone's in pain, right? Everyone yeah. knows someone who's got some <laughs> pain or a dodgy shoulder or whatever it might yeah. be. But when you're specific, then you give people something very specific to like Tie think about to, who yeah. they know. Yeah. yeah. And so I think like it all, it makes it easy for other people to connect with you and to pay you and find you and all that sort of thing. But it also makes it easier to deliver because yes. you're focusing on one thing that you freaking love doing and you could do in your sleep and it's easy mm. rather than like just fielding everything from all over the shop and trying to deal with it and get your head into each zone every different call you have or yeah all that sort of thing it actually makes it such so much easier for you as well because and you're also not marketing lots of different things you're also not trying mm. to talk to five thousand different people you're also not yeah. trying to do lots of different promos and talk to all the different problems and offer all the different solutions so it just makes yeah. it easier and more streamlined and even if you um, pick one and then you do that for a little while and you're like, oh, that was wrong. You can pivot or you can change yeah. it and you can experiment. It's all like, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to nail it the first time you go out, right? No. Have a go and and, like- and it's like, it's like you're, you're running around in circles trying to pick from all of these things and your choice is to keep not making a decision and staying there or to make a decision and move somewhere. Yeah. And from that point you can move somewhere else. But from yeah. here, you still haven't started yet. You're just staying in that going round and round in circles. And yeah. like, that's a really great point in terms of like your products and services. Like I don't work with businesses that sell products like physical products. Yep. I work with people who sell services. Yep. If I was trying, if my takeoff program was for people selling products and services, it would be twice as long. And I, and people who were selling products, would get like, oh, well, that stuff about services is not there or whatever it might be. Mm. Or then I go, okay, well, I'm going to have a, pro- a, a course about products and a course about services. I have to stay on top of both of those yeah. types of markets yeah. and serving both of those kinds of people. And like, ultimately, like you can be good at anything, but you can't be good at everything. Yeah. You've got to pick something. Like yeah. I always say like, 
Michael Jordan didn't discover he was great at basketball and be like, oh, you know, I'm really shitty at swimming. So I should probably work on my Practice stuff. on that. Let's work on my freestyle this week, right? It's like you find the thing that you're really good at. And then what happens, and this is what happened for me, I realized very quickly in my business, service-based businesses, startup. That was where I was going to be serving people. Mm. And if people who were a bit more advanced came and said, hey, can you help me too? I had a choice then if I wanted to work with them or not. But that didn't mean I needed to change my entire business model right. to maybe speak to that one person who might have yep. come across me. Yep. And so I stayed really focused on that. And then because I was working with such similar people in such similar industries with such similar challenges, I, that's how the takeoff program was born because I was taking every single one of them through this same process over mm -hmm. and over again. And I got really good at the process. I got really good results from that process. Mm -hmm. And so when I launched the group version of that one-to-one -one service, I was 100% confident that the people who joined that program were going to get results yep. because I delivered the results with such a consistent process before. Mm -hmm. And I saw how well it worked for every person within that niche. Yeah. I couldn't say it was going to work for people with product businesses. Right. I couldn't say it was going to work for people who wanted to, you know, start a corporate consulting gig or whatever it might've been. Mm. But if you fit that niche and you followed these steps, you were going to start making five to eight K a month in your business. And I was like, that is, that's where the gold is yeah. because it helps you create content, create programs, create offers that speak to your exact peeps and actually deliver an outcome really quickly and easily rather than trying to be like choose your own adventure, right. crazy labyrinths yeah. that people, you know, your ideal client doesn't come to you for an overload of information <laughs> that might or might not be relevant to them. Yep. They come to you because you need to be their shortcut from where they want to be, where they are to where they want to be. Yeah. And if you have to take, 45 people in 45 different directions, it's going to be really hard for you to get them all across the finish line. Mm. Then if you just put them all in a line and we all go in the same place. <laughs> yeah. Hold hands and walk in a line. Everybody hold Single hands. file, everybody. Conga line, conga <laughs> line. A few kicks uh, and dances along the way are totally, you know, totally fine. Oh, it's so true. It makes it so clear and I feel like I just want to go back and just map out my process again, which I've done a thousand times, but just to like keep refining it because there's certainly yeah. parts that you go, oh, that's old news and we don't really do that anymore. So let's drop that and that sort of thing. And I think you're right. The more that you can get a bit more specific and um, structured and clear on that, those sorts of things, it lends itself to the growth and to the next steps, which is the one to many and the like yeah. all of that sort of thing. So the first, like, yeah, I think, I think in your pyramid, you said the niche is the bottom thing. Like mm. if you can get that right, it just helps everything. Everything <laughs> else becomes so much easier yeah. Yeah. because you're not trying like the, the bottom layer is niche. The next layer is your message. And when you try to craft a message that speaks to a really broad audience, then that's where you get those weird terms that are down. trying to cover things and umbrella things. Whereas like if you're speaking to people in this specific space, you can be really direct and to the point with them. And yeah. That's what people want. They want certainty, especially yeah. in times like right. this where they've got yeah. so much uncertainty. What they want to know is, can I be certain that if I invest with you, I'm going to get the outcome that I want with my unique circumstances? Yeah. And if you are, if you're this or you're this and I can help you with that or I can help you with that, then that certainty is not there. Right. Whereas if yeah. you say, I specialize in this, I'm going to take you from here to there. I've done it for hundreds of people then that's what creates that sense of certainty for people. And it's a no brainer. <gasps> it's so good. <laughs> Just this one little tiny thing. And like I said, there's been so many people 
just in the last few weeks who've been like, I did the boot camp and I'm all right. And they're so energized and it makes so much sense yeah. and it makes their content writing easier and how they're showing up on social media easier and yeah. what they're doing with their, even their systems, like the priorities in terms of, of like emails versus yeah. fixing the website or whatever. It makes that easier because they know exactly what's important to the people they're talking to who are going to yeah. pay them for the things, yeah. which means that they can talk to more people and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's yeah. Yeah. It makes it a bit easier. Thank you so much for chatting. I could keep picking your brains for hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks. And I will continue to do so, but we'll wrap it up there. Love so, it. So um, is there another boot camp coming up or what's the best way for people to jump in and, and continue this conversation with you if they want to? Uh, the virtual conference. So yep. I'm running the Heart Center Business Conference in the middle of June. It's a virtual conference you can join from anywhere in the world, but it's not going to be one of those like, let's all spend two days going cross-eyed listening to people talk about themselves and, <laughs> you know, free webinars that you could get from anywhere. Yep. It's a very interactive and it's focused on putting your business in the spotlight. So um, the first day I'm facilitating, I will be doing some training on how to really craft an offer that is going to resonate and getting the niche, the message and the offer right. So that's mm -hmm. part of what I'll be presenting. Um, I'm also going to be facilitating some structured networking and some spotlights where you get your business in the spotlight. And then we've got some kick butt speakers who are going to be talking on all different areas of running a business mindset, all those awesome. sorts of things. So awesome. Heartcenterbusinessconference.com forward slash virtual. Excellent. We'll put those in show notes and also in the comments um, of the live as well. Great. Um, so people can follow and, and come along and I can absolutely vouch for the conference. This will be the third one that I've attended and I'm speaking at this one as well, the virtual one, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, but they are awesome and they are so different to all the other conferences. There's none of that spammy rubbish selling from stage crap, yep. which is just frigging delicious. So thanks so much for making sure that happens. <laughs> Do you know um, what someone said to me? They said, you know, whenever they come to conference or they come into my group or they come to my page, it's not the Tash Corbin show. Yeah. And they said, why do you think that is? And I was like, I think because I feel like my whole life is the Tash Corbin show. It's not, it's, it, I'm not creating this conference to put myself on a stage. I can jump on a stage anytime, right? I'm, yeah. I'm quite confident in creating that stage for myself <laughs> wherever I like. So what this conference is about is really equipping you with, the strategies that are going to fit your business right now, but also it's very workshop style. Yeah. So implement, making sure you're actually going to implement it. Yeah. And then, you know, most of the value of conferences in person is like the, the conversations in the room, the people you sit at the table with, totally. um, yeah. the connections that you make, you meet potential clients, you meet potential providers. Yeah. I get to speak to the, the speakers and ask you questions and yeah. all those sorts of things. So we're not losing any of that with virtual conference. We're really going to be focused on it. Oh, yeah. So cool. I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. It's still blocked out in my calendar. It's getting so close. It's not far. It's, like a, month it's a month away. It's a month away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, to be honest with you, if the in-person conference was still going ahead I would be not as calm as I am today so right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant yeah thank you thank you for being able to run my thank conference you. in my trackies and Ugg boots that's perfect yep. <laughs> Love it. awesome thank you so much it's been awesome chatting as always and I will see you on the flip side and I'll see you in conference and everywhere else in the interwebs later as well of course thank Thanks. you so much Claire bye bye Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I'm Claire Riley. It's been an absolute pleasure presenting this show for you. If you would like to stay connected, I do run a beautiful online Facebook group community called The Recovering Perfectionists. 
Um, pretty easy to find us. We're a group of several thousand over on Facebook, so come and have a look. Um, and if you've got any suggestions about the show, if you love it, I would love you to head over to the uh, iTunes podcast tab and give us a rating and review. And as always, I'd love to hear your suggestions about anyone who you think we should have on the show or any topics that you'd love us to cover. I hope you're really great and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.